three, three two, two, one, one. clap, clap. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of It's All Geek to Me, a podcast where we discuss anything and everything geek related. I'm Trey. And I am Tim. Today, we're going to be jumping into some expectations, some predictions, some Greek mythology. With, in a couple months, the new Percy Jackson Disney Plus TV show, TV show coming out, we're going to be jumping into the first book and the first you know season of the show and kind of what we think is going to happen, what we want to happen, some setting some expectations for ourselves. It's going to be fun, because you know. It's all geek to me. If it's a comic book or a comic movie, it's all geek to me. If it's some sort of game or a show on TV, it's all geek to me. If it's a play or ballet, I agree. If it's a car, a sword, a beach, or a tree, it's all. It's just all geek to me. Okay, Trey. Percy Jackson. When did you Percy first read the book? Jackson. Sorry, I missed what you just said. Because I was <laughs> all right. I mean, I'd be yelling too. I'm very excited for this. When did you first read the the book Percy Jackson? Ooh, Percy Jackson came out when I was in middle school, or when we were in middle school at that point. True. It's been a while. It's it's been a while. Um, but yeah, I I also read it in middle school. It was actually the first book that I ever like read read and i think i've said okay. that before on the show um but yeah I, I fell in love with it and i read have reread the series so many times i can't even count at this point and they're just so fun and i am so excited for the show we're finally gonna, gonna get a good so adaptation good. yes it's gonna be so good oh my gosh i remember Ugh. reading the book in middle school it would have been probably eighth grade like towards the end of middle school the whole series was already out by the time I read it. Like I didn't yeah. read it as they were coming out, but fell in love with the characters, fell in love with the story. And then I remember it was around the same time that 39 clues came out. Cause I kind of like was looking for other books that he wrote and uh-huh. he wrote the first 39 clue book. Really? He did. That was a really interesting series. I don't know if you read it. No, I actually don't really know anything about it. So the 39 clues series this is not what we're, talking about today but just briefly the 39 clue series was like a mystery almost it was like take it the amazing race but it was deadly and they traveled around the world and basically taught you things about the like different areas of the world oh that's cool um lots of history so it's like a giant family is looking for an inheritance but only one team can get the inheritance so all these people are parts of the same family trying to find the inheritance and they have to go from one area of the world to another finding these clues that will eventually lead them to the family secret oh that's interesting i never finished it because it did get stale for me uh but what i found really cool that i wish more stories did was every book was written by a different author huh so uh, Rick Rorden, uh, the guy who did Percy Jackson, wrote the first one, started the series off. And then other famous kind of middle school young adult uh, authors 
came in and kept writing. And so it was one of those that you just had to follow what the person before you did. Oh, that's and fascinating. It was really cool. I, I like that every book felt different, but it was uh-huh. still a continuation of the same story. It reminded me kind of like Star Wars where yeah, like everything, everything is, feels a yeah. bit different, but it's all still the same story. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. That's fascinating. So, yeah. But Percy Jackson. Percy Jackson. Have you, I, before we dive too much into Percy Jackson, did you read any of his other, like the Norse one or the Egyptian one? I read all the Egyptian ones, which I really enjoyed. And I want to go back to those. I read all of his original. I've read half of the Heroes of Olympus. I need to finish Heroes of Olympus. <laughs> those ones are so good. Yeah. You need to finish and, those. And then I never touched the Trials of Apollo, mostly because that is a continuation from what I've heard. Yeah. Um, and then the Norse, Norse mythology, that would have been, um, oh, what was the, oh, Magnus Chase, Mag, yeah, Magnus Chase. I never read that one. Yeah. I, I mainly stuck to the Greek ones. So I've read the original five Percy Jackson's, um, a ton. And then I've read the Heroes Olympus and I never quite got into um the trials of apollo one it just didn't catch me as much um as his other works um but i've always been interested in like maybe reading the magnus chase or the egyptian one just because like rick ryden does such a good job of like building a universe absolutely and and, like all of them are connected somehow so i think that's they are yeah so I think that's really do- like a really cool um, element to his like universe building is that like all of these different things are connected, and I don't know I just think that's cool. So <laughs> like a part of me is like, oh man, I should really read these because I'm you know into the original ones, so I should read them because you know it's connected. It's like my char- my favorite characters may appear in the other ones, and you know this and that. Yeah. And so yeah, e- even with all that though, I. With all the other books that I've read of his, I don't think the original series can be touched. Like, yeah, that's what I've kind of been. That's what I've kind of been told too. It's just, it's like perfect almost. Like it's a perfect middle school read, and it really gets you into reading. I think, especially Mm -hmm. with the main character, if you have Dalexia or you have just anything along those lines, it really makes you relate to it yeah it really helps i think see a flawed character and then a journey they go through because i think that's why i really like the series as like a middle schooler i remember reading series that like the main character is not flawed or if Mm. there is a flaw it's not a flaw you could relate to and those books just never captured me the way percy jackson did and then on top of that come on greek mythology it's yeah, like it's so it's such a fun yeah, medium. Perfect setting. Yeah, it's so good. And like I I definitely relate um to like what you're saying about a flawed hero and a flawed protagonist because there was another book series and I actually never viewed Percy as that like a flawed protagonist. Um but I definitely can see what you're saying there because like in the world's eyes, ADHD, dyslexia, failing classes, getting kicked out of schools, like all of those would be considered like a flawed protagonist, a flawed hero. Yeah. And I I will specify those are not flaws. Like in an individual, those are not. 
Exactly. And I think that's what this book does well, where they portray those as not flaws. Mm-hmm. Because in it, it it talks about like, oh, you may have ADHD, you may have dyslexia, but hey, by the way, that means you can read Greek better. Like they, yeah. they do things with it where they're like, oh, this isn't a bad thing. It means that you are wired this way because of this reason. Exactly. And it was just really cool to see an author do something like that. And I also know it's because his son had ADHD, dyslexia, and stuff like that. And so oh, he wanted to write that. A, he wanted to write a story for him to show him that it wasn't a bad a, thing. Yeah. Yeah. So. Which is so dope. That's really cool. I didn't I didn't realize that. And that adds so much depth to that to the stories, you know? Exactly. Um, which is so cool. Um, but kind of diving into Lightning Thief and specifically the show. I kinda wanna dive into the show if you're ready for that. Yeah, let's do the show, and then maybe after we can talk a little bit about the plot. So if you haven't read it or anything, there'll be spoilers after, like we talk about a little bit of our expectations of the show. Yeah, well, I mean, there might be spoilers for the show if you haven't read it, because we might be getting into different elements with it and characters and things. So you have been warned. Um, What are your initial, like, when you heard that they were doing, that Disney was doing this show, what was your initial reaction? Like, were you excited? Were you like, uh, apprehensive? Like, what was your thoughts? Initial reaction is that I don't trust Disney a lot right now. Disney and their remakes and their new stuff. I'm just not a big fan of Disney right now. There are some stuff that Disney came out with that I'm really like happy and excited for. But for the majority, I've been disappointed. So it wasn't until I heard that Rick Riordan was writing the script and was like basically the head honcho in this whole thing. Yeah. That's when I got excited because when it first got announced, I was like, Oh no, not again, because (laughs) we all know about the first two movies that they made. You might not know about the second one, but everyone knows about the first one and just how awful and they changed elements of the book that just didn't make sense to change like they made yeah. plot holes yeah they like changed the whole like premise of like why they were going like not why they're going on the adventure but the whole like journey of the adventure was changed <laughs> yeah and it was just like what and so yeah and so they just it was not great but the thing is like i feel like if you took if you took away the book and it was just like here's the original movie it's not bad no. Like, there are elements of that movie that are really good, and I really enjoy certain elements, but, like, if you've read the book and are a fan of the book, you're like, this is this is nowhere near as good as, as the story that's told. Yeah. Um, so, I think that's that's the real bummer is, like, you had something amazing. You had the blueprint. That's this phenomenal piece of work, and you just screwed it up so badly. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. But I'm really excited, and I, I I was in a very similar boat that you were in, um, that I was like, oh man, like I hope this is good, because I love this series so much. Like I hope it's good. And then I found out that Rick Ryden is directly involved in writing the script, and like directly picked the cast, and yeah. like was in every single d- decision and every single step of the journey. Like was directly involved. I was like, this is gonna be good. Like, this is his work of art. Like, this is his baby almost, <laughs> you know? And so, 
I'm like, this is going to be good. So it got me really excited. So, and let's talk about that a little bit. The cast, um, yeah. Rick Gordon choosing these cast members, they they looked the part, and especially the person who's playing Percy Jackson. Like, if you look at any of his casting credits, he he's going to kill this role. Like, it's yeah. going to be so good. And he's worked under Ryan Reynolds too. Yeah, and. And like that There's was a rumor that, like, he's going to be in the new Deadpool movie. Like, <laughs> so Jeez. he has that comedic like yeah. tone to him that he can he can stand with Ryan Reynolds and go toe to toe with him. Oh, 100 percent, yeah. And that's something that like as soon as like I saw that he was the casting, it was after I saw um, the Adam Project on Netflix. Yeah, and I was like, dude, like this kid is so funny, looks the right age. I'm like, he definitely could play Percy. That sarcastic, you know, re- rebellious kid. Like, I'm like, this yeah. is going to be perfect. And he's going to age with with the cast. He's going to age with the character. And so, because that was something that, like, was a problem with the original um, movie. Was the cast they, they put, they did a great job. They did great. And, like, they played the part well, but they all looked like they were 16, 17 years old oh, already. Absolutely. When in the book, they're supposed to be 12 in the first book. Like they, in the f- they're supposed to be 12 years old. And they look 17. I was like, that's not going to work. But the the big three in, in the show look the proper age. So yeah. I think they're going to kill it. So I'm really excited. And when, when they were announcing the cast, I think that's when I started getting more excited about the show. Because not only seeing the, the three children actors or actress and actors, they they looked the part, but then they started announcing the gods and who are going to be playing the gods. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is, it's not like a fully stacked cast, but the people they picked, I'm like, oh yeah, I can see that. Like that mm-hmm. is like the perfect casting. Um, you got Lin-Manuel Miranda playing Hermes, which I'm like, which he's not like, going to have okay. that big of a role in the first first season but yeah he's going to have some major roles later on um you have timothy omunson playing hephaestus hephaestus yeah which is going to be hilarious which is going to be so good anything about the first book in hephaestus it's honestly kind of comedic on how they portray hephaestus um especially with the um the love the love ride yeah oh my gosh <laughs> and it's so too, that's like, also like if you know anything from like watching psych like oh, yeah he was amazing from that show and like oh it's, so it's gonna be so perfect like he's yeah. gonna be so good in like really any role like i have zero doubt that he's gonna play anything you cast him in poorly so i'm like as soon as i saw that with casting i was like that's gonna be great that's gonna be so oh, fun yeah. and so good um yeah and then we have um for those uh, familiar with Brooklyn Nine-Nine, it is, um, what is his name in Brooklyn Nine-Nine? Oh, Adrian Pimento. Adrian Pimento. Um, I can't pronounce his actual name. So if you know him as Adrian Pimento, you know who I'm talking about. But he's playing um, Dionysus. Dionysus. And so that's going to be <laughs> a lot of fun because he, I think, is going to be the comedic guy like yeah. in the show. Which is perfect because like, in the first like couple books... Dionysus is that comedic, like always trying to get wine, yeah. always trying to drink something, and just like doesn't care. Like no. he's just like, oh yeah, Peter Johnson, what's up, dude? Like I don't care, you're here. 
go die. It doesn't matter. And so, like, it's just like, I think, oh, he's going to be so good. Yeah. And then I think the best casting and also one of the saddest castings is Lance Reddick. Lance yeah. Reddick is known for uh, his many, many voice overs in video games, but also a lot of just normal everyday moviegoers probably know him as the um, one of the head honchos of what's the hotel called in the Continental. The Continental in um, John Wick. John Wick, yeah. So Lance Reddick is a phenomenal actor, He's so but good. unfortunately he passed away um, in March of this year. So he already filmed everything that he was supposed to for season one, and they're keeping him in it. Um, as far as I know, they haven't said anything about not, and so it's going to be his last appearance um, after his death and all that. And so it's going to be really cool to see because like, he's going to nail it. Yeah. But I don't know what they're going to do because Zeus has a really big role in this first book or the first season. But his role gets much bigger the further on in the series you go. Yeah. Especially book five. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. So without a doubt, they're going to recast. But whoever it's going to be recast to is going to have major shoes to fill, even with this not even being released yet. Yeah, and that's going to be hard. That's going to be so hard for them to do, and which is so sad to say. Like like you said originally, like it was the perfect casting. Like he he's gonna like I have no doubt in my mind that he's gonna just be steal whatever scene he's in, um, in this role. Because that's just how good of an actor he is. And he's also just such like a compelling actor that yeah. it's hard not to be like drawn to him when he's on the camera. Um, and so it's just, it's so unfortunate that he, had, that he passed away. Um, and like, oh man, yeah, he's going he's gonna to be missed for sure. So I once again, I'm excited to actually watch it too because... This is going to be his final role. Like this is what he was finishing up uh, as he passed away, and so it's going to be a good, um, I would say, homage, more um, in memory of for mm-hmm. him. Like it's going to be a good role, and I'm excited. But aside from the cast, though, uh, what else are you kind of excited about when it comes to this adaptation? Yeah, something I'm excited about is kind of something that's actually along with the cast, and it's kind of just how, like, they look. Um, Okay. And, like, a lot of people, some people were a little upset when the cast actually started coming out because they were like, dude, like, this person didn't look like this. Like, the the girl playing Annabeth, she's not blonde. And in the book, Annabeth's always been described as, like, blonde-haired, gray-eyed girl. And... Everyone's like, what the heck? Like, I thought this was going to, like, and they started to almost doubt that, I, the, like, that it's not going to be as good. S- I would also say there was a lot of racist comments coming out. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm definitely part of it for sure. But did you hear kind of what the casting process for this show was, though? I didn't. But I, if I had to guess, knowing Rick Ryden, he didn't do it off of appearance. He did it off of who can play the role. 
Exactly. Yeah. Um, he came out and said basically when all these comments were coming out that they were looking for Percy. They were looking for Annabeth yeah. and they were looking for Grover. And so they weren't looking at appearances, how they would look in costumes or anything like that. They were like, do you as an actress or actor portray the character that I wrote? Exactly. Which I think is the important part because it's like, okay, if they can do the role, they can like, it's okay if they don't look like the character that was written. Exactly. This is the same story, but it's going to be, it's going to have tweaks in it. It's, it's not going to be, and I, I think we kind of talked, touched on this when we did our last of us, um, conversation is like the last of us tv show does not follow the video game the exact same no it's it's the same story but in a different medium there's going to be tweaks there's going to be shifts you can't put a book in a movie exactly you can't put a book in a tv show exactly like word for word it just doesn't work and so i'm super excited that they took the time not to cast off of looks or like oh you look like the character i wrote but no, you are the character I wrote. You are going to act like that person, which is so much more important than the appearance, than the way they look. And so I'm very excited for how these char- these actors and actresses are going to portray these characters because I think it's going to just make it an amazing adaptation of this amazing story. So that's actually something I'm really excited about is just the fact that they took the time to find the characters not matching their appearances so and i'm also excited i know it's we have a while before we'll get it i want to know who they're going to cast for talia and nico those are the two i'm waiting for but that's not until book (laughs) three so that's gonna be a while yeah well technically we'll get talia at the end of book two end of book two yeah Yeah. Um, and we'll (laughs) probably hear about nico We'll probably see Nico and his sister like pretty soon after, like probably season two ends. Yeah, we'll but, probably start getting images and things. Um, but yeah, but yeah I'm those excited. are the characters I really enjoyed in the books. Like mm-hmm. they were just really interesting. And then of course, um, why can't I think of his name? What's Percy's half brother's name? Oh, Tyson. Tyson. I'm excited yeah. to see who's going to play Tyson in the second season. Yeah, it, like we have so many things to look forward to. Yeah. I'm I'm super excited. And like I know like Disney's actually been having a lot of like slumps when it comes to like their streaming service on Disney Plus. Like a lot yeah. of their releases have not been going well. No. Um and I think like Ahsoka has gone well so far, but I think this is another one that's going to just like change the narrative on that because there are so many Percy Jackson fans that have been wanting a good adaptation. Exactly. And so I think this is going to just explode. And I'm, and this is like, I'm a little bummed that it's only eight episodes because I like, I have so much faith in Rick Riordan and that this is going to be good that I know I'm going to want more. <laughs> so I don't <laughs> want it to just be eight episodes. I want it to be like 15 episodes. Like, I would yeah. love for a 15 episode season of the show and just like, go into so much detail about the camp, about their adventure, about, you know, like character developments and all of that. Like, Oh, I would love, I would love so much to have that happen, but we're not getting it yet. (laughs) But at the same time, I'm, I'm very much in the boat of don't make it long, just have it long. And that those who can tell a full story in a 
specific amount of time that they feel is deemed worthy of that story typically make great series and video games and shows and movies because uh, a good example is actually something we're going to talk about here soon, which is the Spider-Man video game. The Spider-Man PS4 and I would say Miles Morales both have a story that is not long for video games. Like when I say I can 100% that game, which I did multiple times, <laughs> within 20 plus hours, like maybe clocking in 25 hours, which is honestly on the very low end of the spectrum when it comes to video games. I mean, if you look at like comparison for those of the, those of you listening who don't play video games, Mass Effect, for example, take any of the individual Mass Effect games to get not even 100%, but get close to 100% in those games, it's like 50 plus Exactly. Hours her game (laughs) so and yet (laughs) i feel like that spider-man game and the miles morales told the perfect story and if it was any longer it would have felt drawn out that is very true and i see that with like the last of us tv show that was only six to eight episodes i think and if it was any more it would have felt drawn out um i'm trying to think of some other tv shows that maybe have fell into the Mandalorian would be one actually I felt like Mandalorian felt too drawn out I feel like there was elements of the Mandalorian that I was like you could have scratched that and decreased the amount of episodes and it would have felt more cohesive and actually I probably a better one I'm thinking Book of Boba oh Book of Boba yeah yeah and definitely like I don't know if you've watched it yet but season three of Mandalorian definitely has elements of that for sure where it's just like, this is this filler episode. Like, you don't need this in your overarching story. Exactly. Um, and that is definitely a, a problem that Disney has actually had, I would say, for a lot of their Disney Plus live action shows. Like, a lot of their Marvel and Star Wars shows, I would say, have had that problem of like, man, the story you're telling does not need this entire 45-minute episode. Like, this, yeah. is a, this is pointless in your overarching story. But I feel like with Rick Ryden, who knows how to tell a good story... One can do within eight, eight episodes. Like, I'm not worried about like it being too short. I, I think he's going to tell a great story and he's going to tell this book in those eight episodes beautifully. But I almost feel like if you gave him a little bit longer of a leash, 10, 12 episodes, he could go into even more like important details within different aspects of the adventure, you know, um, without it being stretched out too long. But that's fair. You know, and I think it's also just me like, wanting more <laughs> trust <laughs> you know? me tim we're so, going to get a minimum of five seasons that's true that's Hopefully. going to be what eight, if each one's an hour five times episodes. eight is 40 hours yeah that's true 40 not hours of Percy jackson not including if they do heroes of olympus exactly so which would be dope i'd yeah. be i feel like if they do heroes of olympus though because of just like the scale is just even bigger they need to do, I don't know what they need to do longer, maybe longer episodes or a slightly longer season. Just cause like those books are, those are double in length. Yeah. They're big books. Yeah. Like each of those books are it's five, six. I think the first one's like almost 600 pages and it just gets bigger from there. I can imagine um, them either doing same amount of episodes, but like two seasons per book or oh, I, could see, I could see them also increasing the number of episodes. Yeah. But knowing Disney and knowing how long it takes to make a season, I think they would stick to like maybe doing half 
of a book per season. Yeah, I could definitely see that. But, but yeah, I mean, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. We haven't even yeah. gotten the first season yet, and we're talking about season six through ten. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let, let's kind of switch gears and actually talk a little bit about the book itself, because you and I have done read-throughs of this multiple times. I'm currently in the middle of uh, another read-through of the series, and it's fresh on my mind, especially since the first season's coming out. The plot of this book, I think, is so simple, I think is yeah. the best word. So simple it works. Uh, for those who haven't read it, Percy Jackson and the Lightning Thief is about Percy, who learns that he's a demi demigod half-blood. Yeah, demigod or half-blood. So basically, one of his parents was a god, a Greek god. Uh, his other parent was a human, and so he has unique gifts of his god parent. However, it also means monsters and the Greek kind of creatures and beasts are after them Oh no! most of the time. And so that's kind of the plot of it is him learning about his heritage and then also being blamed for stealing Zeus's lightning bolt and <laughs> having to basically... A small problem. Yeah, just a small one. Yeah. And just learning that it's it's a coming of age story, learning who he is while also trying to clear his name because if you haven't caught on to any of modern culture, Percy Jackson, Percy, Poseidon, he is the son of Poseidon don't think that's a spoiler oh my gosh <laughs> so many spoilers uh, uh, so now that we have that out of the way what and this is going to be full spoilers for the story of the first book what are some of your favorite parts of the book so every time you start reading the lightning thief what are the el- like what are the chapters that you end up going oh i'm on this chapter finally like i'm, I'm excited mm-hmm. to read this again yeah, so, I mean, the first one right off the bat is the Capture the Flag. Oh, Every time flag I read the so book, I'm like, I cannot wait till I get to Capture the Flag. Like, <laughs> it's one of my favorite chapters because it's just so good. And it just also, like, it shows, like, one, you get, like, you're, you've been with Percy the whole time. And because it follows his, his perspective. And so, like, you learn, you've learned a lot about him. But this really gives you your first image of who, like, Annabeth is. And like yeah. you've you've met her a little bit, and like you've seen her a little bit, but this really shows you, like, oh, th- this is the, like, dang, this is who you are, and it's like that first glimpse, you know, and so I I just love it. It's one of my favorite chapters. It's just it's so it's such a fun read, and it's also like the like it's not the first set of action you get because you have some other like other moments of action, like the Minotaur proceeding, like yeah. yeah, but this is the first like organized like Greek infused you know action sequence and it's just it's a fun read he writes it so well he does so well at not only writing the action scenes in this but bringing comedy into it too because at the very beginning or it's the end of the chapter before it starts i think chiron chiron don't know if i'm saying that right greek Uh, man it's hard uh, but basically, the the horseman, the guy in charge of the camp, <laughs> basically is like, all right, we're going to go do capture the flag. Now, we don't want anyone in the infirmary again. So please don't don't aim to kill or something like that. Yeah. And you're like, wait, what? And then you're, in Percy's mind, he's also in the same, like, what? What's going wait, on? What? <laughs> yeah. And 
I think the the reason I like this element, I didn't put it on my favorite parts of the book, but it's really cool because he integrates Greek mythology so well into the scene because mm-hmm. it's the first time you realize Annabeth is the daughter of um, Athena. Athena, there we go. Thank you. I got you. And she has that like battle wisdom and mode and mm-hmm. she's basically leading the charge in her in her group full of misfits because it's all of Hermes camp yeah <laughs> and she's fighting Clarice who is the daughter of Ares and she's the leader of this basically mercenary group of all the god children <laughs> who like were born to fight and so it's this really unique dynamic where you start to see like oh the children of these gods have elements of their gods in them. Mm-hmm. And you start wondering like, well, what's Percy? Like yeah, I remember as a kid, I was like, as a kid, I was like, I don't know who this is. Even the cover, like, come on, the cover shows you basically who it is, but you're like, yeah. who is it? <laughs> yeah. And even like the back of the book tells you like who he is, but it's still yeah. like, you're trying to figure it out and you're trying to like see the elements of it. And it's just so interesting. It's so cool. And I also love like Rick Ryden's writing takes this scene and does such a good job of taking a very typical like middle school like feeling of like you're at summer camp and you don't know anyone and you're playing capture the flag and it's like oh man i want to be cool because i want the cool kids to like me that whole feeling you know you have when you're in middle school and he takes that feeling and perfectly puts it on a page with like sprinklings of greek you know, like yeah. mythology and things and like ups <laughs> the ante. And so it's just, it's so dope. Like it's such yeah. a fun little. And I think the thing. ending of that chapter too, when you do find out he's Poseidon mm-hmm. is so cool how he ties in Annabeth and Percy because Annabeth at that moment is like, oh crap. Because yeah. Athena and Poseidon do not like each other. Not friends. <laughs> and yet in Greek mythology, they are they work so well together they hate each other Mm -hmm. but they work well together because poseidon doesn't make any sense but is the god of horses yeah he invented them (laughs) yeah (laughs) so weird in greek (laughs) and then athena is the one who built the chariot Mm -hmm. who like invented the chariot and so the idea is that they they basically helped each other in order to win the war of like certain like troy and things like that yeah i don't remember which ones but it's just really cool that I, I really appreciate that he made basically Percy's love interest, who isn't a love interest until I would say book three. Yeah. Like it I takes a while. That. And I hope that the TV show does that as well, that they I don't agree. rush it. Because that's the beautiful part about like their friendship and how it grows. Exactly. You know? I love it. And it's not until like book three, book four that you slowly get to see them working really well together and having that dynamic that Poseidon and Athena had Mm -hmm. at one point. Yeah. So I really like capture the flag. I think it adds a whole bunch of almost foreshadowing Mm -hmm. in a way of the rest of the series. Yeah. So what is one of your favorite moments? Ooh, I, I want to say, okay, so Hephaestus is really funny. I think he is a funny character. I don't know if he was written to be funny or whatnot, <laughs> but he's almost sad. Aww. Like, well, his whole story is kind of sad in Greek mythology. It, is. it really, but, I mean, yeah, 100%. But at the same time, 
Rick Riordan does a really good job at letting you feel for him, but also bringing him as like the comedic character because the, the moment of the book I'm thinking is when they go to an abandoned water park and basically Hephaestus is like, or no, Ares told them he needs his shield back. Yeah. And Percy, Annabeth and Grover are like, why can't you go get it? He's like, well, it's at a water park. You're going to do what I want to tell you because I'm a god. And so they go to this water park and they grab, they get the shield. But Hephaestus has trapped and trapped or triggered a a mechanism on one of the rides, the love ride. It's a booby basic, trap. Yeah, booby trap. There we go. <laughs> to make a fool of Ares, but yeah. ends up making a fool of like Percy and them. And they have this whole element where he like you see his face and he's laughing at them, like trying to show them on like TV well, cause it's on, Yeah, it's on Hephaestus TV. Yeah. Which is such a funny, like, again, like dynamic to have in the book because it's like the the Greek gods have like grown with society. And so they have yeah. reality TV and they have different <laughs> TV channels that they watch. And it's like, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. And, and with this whole sad story, it's because Ares was with Aphrodite and they were His like wife. seeing each other who is the wife of Hephaestus. Yeah. Um, super awkward, but he doesn't go yeah. too much in the detail. It's more of those. Like if you know, Greek mythology, it's almost as like a bonus. Like, yeah. Oh, I understand this. I understand why he's doing what he's doing. hundred percent. So that's one of my favorite chapters because it's really one that dives into the Greek, like culture mm-hmm. and the Greek kind of uh, history but also bringing that comedic element to it. Really enjoyed it. And then, of course, right after you have one of my other favorite chapters, which is Ares and the beach fight. Oh, yeah. That's a, towards the end of the book. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's one of my favorite moments, too, is just... But I think before we jump into that, I want to jump into another moment. Because I right. this, these moments are linked in my head, actually. Because um, in the St. Louis scene, when they're at the St. Louis okay. Arch... I love that moment because it kind of just starts to show how strong Percy is. Um, yeah. Because you get glimpses of it, but then the St. Louis scene happens and you're just like, holy crap, this kid is so powerful. Like, how the heck are you able to do all these things? So now, jumping to the, the beach scene at the end of the book, where again, it's just like, it shows how strong Percy is. And just like what he can do. And this is only like the first book. And like it only shows a glimpse of his potential. And so I just I love both of those scenes and how you're getting glimpses of yeah. what this main character is, is capable of. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's another thing about this series that's really cool is they didn't make it where like the big three. So Poseidon, Hades, and Zeus had kids like Hermes or kids like Athena. Like they made it where there was supposed to be a pact that they could not have kids because there's this whole mm-hmm. prophecy within the series and all that, which Rick Riordan does a phenomenal job at foreshadowing in the first book, but yeah. not really going into detail until the, until the third. Mm-hmm. Not even really the third. Like you don't even really hear the full prophecy until the fifth book. Yeah, you, it's not until the third book that you start realizing that this prophecy revolves around one of the big three kids. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And eventually, throughout the books, you see that Percy is not the only big three kid for whatever circumstances there are. Yeah. But that scene in the St. Louis Arch really helps to solidify the point of why there's not big three kids. Mm-hmm. Because they and, are powerful. Yeah, and they do a good job of talking about that, too, with, like, they're like, yeah, World War Two was all actually about, you know, three sets of big three kids fighting each other. Yeah. And I'm just like, what? You know, like <laughs> it's just like things like that of just like all of these elements. And it's like just shows how strong they can get. And yeah. you just see glimpses of it in this book. And it's just, oh, is those scenes do such a great job of showing that. I, I hope we get something like that in the TV show. Uh, something like Harry Potter did, which is like, Oh yeah, by the way, this person, this very famous person was a demigod. Did you know he was yeah. like the god of this person or the son of this person or the daughter of that person? And I hope they do something like that. Just it would be just a fun tidbit. Yeah. Um, I mean, they do a little bit of stuff like that in the book where they talk about I think they say like Winston Churchill was a demigod yeah. and like things like that. And so I, I would love to see that a little bit more too. Like it'd be so fun. But aside from that, um, Aries Beach the beach fight with Ares. That, mm-hmm. That's a huge scene because that's the first time yeah. Percy really stepped up for himself in front of a god who yeah. can literally crush him. <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> man, I am. I think out of all of the first season of Percy Jackson, that's the moment I'm most excited for. Yeah, I, I would agree. Like f- filming that moment because I think that also is a pivotal moment too because that can be like that can be a really cool scene or depending on the CGI and how they film it, could be really cheesy and like not land well. So I think that's yeah. going to be a very important scene in the in the show. So I'm hoping they they nail it well. Exactly. And it's it's also the scene that really solidifies like Hades as a bad guy, like as a villain mm-hmm. in a roundabout way because he was kind of working with unintentionally with Luke yeah with the whole like lightning bolt being hidden the shield and things like that and so it's one of those first moments that we're going to see the dynamic between percy and hades that continues in every single book after yeah and it's a very important dynamic because there are moments where it's just like like that it just oh man their their tension and their friction between the two of them really comes to a head at moments and it's just like this was not a good thing for percy at times so it's I, I'm very intrigued how like how they're gonna play it out, um, and how they're gonna show that because yeah. it's, it's a lot easier to like write it and be like, oh yeah, Percy was thinking this, or Percy saw this in Hades in, in Ares' eyes, and it's like you can't sh- you can't say that in a in a show. So I'm very curious how they're gonna how they're gonna do that because um, yeah. it needs to be done well. Yeah, I, I think the only, aside from that, the last scene that I'm excited for is Hades, like when they go to the underworld. Oh, yes. Um, it's the, I wouldn't say the one part, but it was the major part of the movie that they made that I hated. Um, I just think the whole underworld part in the the movie they made with all the almost adult actors playing kids mm-hmm. just fell flat. Like it yeah, just it was did. a plot hole as a whole like act because it was like the whole entire third act this is awkward they have they have the capability knowing where all the books lead to Mm -hmm. 
to foreshadow some really cool things in that scene. Yeah. And I'm hoping we get a whole episode on the underworld, which I guarantee we will, because it's going to be a major yeah. element. I think we'll probably get a whole episode and a half. Because I think like yeah. episode seven and maybe half of eight um, will be all of that like final conclusion underworld-esque things. Okay. So, that's my guess. Maybe part of six, but it depends on the, how, how much of the, the eighth episode they want to do on just like concluding and like finishing off everything and doing the, like the, the final tying of the, the ribbon Yeah. Um, at the end of the book. So it kind of just depends. It's going to be so cool. I'm, I'm excited to see all of them, all the cast and just see where they go from here. December 20th. December 20th we're getting close I'm, <laughs> I'm stoked it's gonna be so good do you think and this will probably be my last question for you do you think that they are going to do every episode at once or if they're gonna do an episode a week I think they're gonna do Disney has kind of jumped back and forth with this yeah so the next show that I know that Disney's going to drop everything all at once is Echo and mm-hmm. to me, it feels like when they do that, they don't have confidence in the show. Oh, that's interesting, which I definitely could see. Whereas Ahsoka, right now it's week by week, but I think what they're going to do is exactly what Ahsoka did. I think they're going to drop the first two episodes mm-hmm. on December 20th and then week by week after. Yeah. And I also think Ahsoka is going to change the way they drop episodes because I think they're going to make them like before they'd be like midnight, you know, Tuesday morning yeah. or Wednesday morning. And it was like, that was cool. But I think they're going to change it to what they're doing with Ahsoka, which is 6 p.m. Tuesday. So it's an event. You know, it's like, yeah. it's just like it or was 9 on TV show. Eastern. Yeah. So it's just like it was like when you're watching like a TV show on actual cable television where it's like, hey, be here Tuesday night for this episode. It's, you know the season finale, you know, whatever. And so you have like, you don't have to get there at that time, but that's when the episode's dropping at this time. Boom. Which I think makes yeah. it fun and cool. Um, and more of an event. You can like watch it with your family together. Like, Oh, it's six. It's on, you know, or it's nine. It's on. Let's do it. Um, so I think that's what they're going to probably do as well. Yeah. And so with that, you'll probably catch us in December, end of December talking about Percy Jackson. Oh, it's so, going to be good. Uh, stick with us. And thank you all for listening if you've made it this far. And we release Mondays or we try to every Monday. I think I said Monday. We release episodes every Monday. <laughs> there we go. There you go. Um, English is hard. Words are difficult. English is very hard. And if you have any questions or if you have any topics you want us to talk about and just shoot the wind then email us or uh, DM us on Instagram or Twitter because you know it's all good to me.